she's an attractive redhead makes it seem like she's more out of a spy movie, this Russian spy that they announced yesterday. Have you seen this picture that's making the rounds? Alleged Russian spy. Have you seen this picture that's making the rounds? Uh, this this is not her, but it's worth taking a look at. Zoom in on her after you. So it's Trump in the White House meeting. Like that when he had the Russians in, but he's zooming on the right. That really looks like her over oh, in the man. corner, but it's a different different woman, different redheaded Russian. Apparently, she met with Scott Walker. She found a way to meet with him when he was a a thing. He's still a thing. Uh, she met He's with a, not the thing I hoped he'd be, though. <laughs> she met with a California congressman. She 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 managed to, as an NRA member, an activist, to to meet with some you know fairly high up people, but not with the president. Apparently, the curious case of Maria Botina, the Russian national indicted this week on charges of being a covert Russian agent. Rosalind Helderman, part of the team for the Washington Post, covering this story, and Rosalind joins us now. Welcome. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Terrific. It's always great when we get a chance to talk. Thanks for uh, for coming over. Uh, so tell us about this young woman and what she appears to be up to. Well, Maria Butina uh, is a 29-year-old uh, Russian redhead uh, from Siberia uh, who, over the course of the last uh, about five years, uh, has established really deep ties with American conservatives, primarily through the NRA. Uh, she had said that she founded a gun rights organization in Russia, uh, which was an idea that many uh, American activists found very sort of appealing, this feisty young woman uh, pushing for gun rights in you know, restrictive Russia. Uh, and she had been uh, sort of making uh, the circuit, really, of important American conservative events. And at those events, uh, networking very hard to meet important uh, American political leaders, thought leaders. Uh, and all of that, uh, the U.S. government now says that she was doing uh, on behalf of the Russian government as an influence campaign to spread Russian influence in the United States. So would it be accurate to say she was more a lobbyist than a spy? Uh, well, just today, we've got a new court filing uh, from prosecutors who say uh, that she was in contact throughout her time in the U.S. Uh, with uh, the FSB. Uh, that is the successor agency to the KGB. It's Russian intelligence. Uh, so they have charged her with being an unregistered agent, which is kind of a lobbyist. Uh, but they are officially saying that she was in contact with Russian government officials, particularly one who directed her actions, and with Russian intelligence. How far did she make it in terms of contact and you know power players? I mean, I'm looking at this picture of her with Scott Walker, governor of Wisconsin at one point. Our understanding is that she uh, successfully got fairly high-level access uh, at these meetings. Uh, she came as the interpreter and assistant to a high-level Russian government official, Alexander Torshin, uh, who was a lifelong, a lifetime member of the NRA. Uh, our understanding is that she managed to get access to VIP areas at some of these uh, conferences, conventions, places where uh, high-level staff, uh, high-level speakers, including Republican presidential candidates, would kind of hang out before they gave speeches at these conferences. Uh, and and she, she, she met Scott Walker while he was a candidate. She met Bobby Jindal. Uh, and she had a few encounters uh, with Donald Trump and, and then with his son, Donald Trump Jr. Bobby Jindal. I'd forgotten about him. Wow. Yeah. That was a, that was a rough one. He was the hot thing. That was a rough go. Good times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I find myself wondering... Is this a kind of extra exciting in the wake of recent developments uh, in Russia, the Helsinki conference, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I can give you a, an example of where I think you're going. I'm looking at MSNBC has got a full-time job of, of 
collusion talk, right? Sure, yeah. Their headline right here is, could the arrest of this Russian spy be the clearest sign of collusion? Oh, nice try. Is there anything along those lines that, I mean, does this mean anything for that? Well, uh, no Americans have, uh, are facing criminal charges as part of this, but uh, the prosecutors have outlined some fairly significant help that she received from uh, two Americans, uh, people they label in her criminal complaint as person one and person two. Uh, person one we have identified as a Republican uh, operative named Paul Erickson. Uh, she was apparently uh, in a romantic relationship with him, although prosecutors today call that relationship duplicitous and said that she uh most of them are in my experience oh stop (laughs) we've all been there uh they actually officially now are accusing her of being a honeypot they say that she at one point uh had offered sex to someone in a uh political organization in exchange for a job uh and um so you know she has strong ties to americans now uh there has been no allegations yet that the americans who interacted with her did anything wrong didn't right. knew that they were working on behalf of the russians um but uh but some of the emails that they show particularly between her and this man paul erickson uh they describe them discussing a public a, a diplomacy project and her efforts to build ties between russia and the united states it's it's uh it's hard to believe that he didn't have some sense that she believed she was advancing the interests of the Russian Federation. You know, everybody who sees the world entirely through partisan lens tends to really underestimate uh, how good Russian agents are and how they don't come out and say, listen, I'm a Russian agent and I'd really like you to cooperate with me uh, to the detriment of your country. No, they dupe you into it. They, they fully, she's had a great cover. She was a acute woman and, you know, that has its advantages. Uh, an attractive woman. She was a poli sci student at American University, theoretically. She was an activist on uh, gun rights. She wanted to do these projects to, to uh, improve relations, as you say, between the two countries. I could easily see her duping a lot of well-meaning people into cooperating. Sure. Well, that's right. And one of the things that we've been told by people who encountered her is they said that they didn't really talk to her about Russian politics, but they kind of assumed she was anti-Putin. You know, their assumption was Russia is a repressive place. And if you're founding a gun rights group, you know, you're a person, you know, they were looking at it through their own perspective. So they they kind of said, if you find a found a gun rights uh, group, you're interested in freedom and you're probably against Putin. And and she did nothing to dissuade that. In fact, uh, we had some interaction with her when we were writing a story about her in 2017, and at that time, she told us outright that her group was not popular with the Russian government. Uh, The truth is that uh, the group was run completely in concert with this man who was a former Russian senator from Putin's party, Alexander Torshin. He's been sanctioned by the U.S. government uh, because of his relationship, close ties to Putin, Uh, and experts tell us that Vladimir Putin would not allow an organic gun rights group to exist in Russia, no. uh, that he would find that dangerous to him and wouldn't allow it. The fact that they're having public rallies, public uh, conferences is a sign that they are working uh, with the approval and likely um, uh, direction of the Russian government. Did she speak perfect English? She spoke very good English, uh, is our understanding. Uh, I, I know that her lawyer told a judge earlier this week that she had appeared voluntarily. I should note she had appeared before the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, this spring and testified for several hours. And my understanding is that that was in English. Do we put her in jail if we find her guilty? 
Well, she's already in jail. She was arrested on Sunday and is being held without bail. The uh, the information provided just today is in advance of a hearing this afternoon. She's trying to get out on bail, and prosecutors are arguing that you know she has these very significant ties to Russia and is a significant flight risk. Yeah. Uh, and so uh-huh. they're telling the judge not to let her out. And my my guess would be that the judge would be unlikely to let her out uh, if she's convicted. You know, she hasn't been charged with an espionage charge. She's been charged with uh, acting as a uh, unregistered foreign agent. It's the, one of the same charges they've lodged against Paul Manafort for his work with Ukraine. Uh, I'm not certain whether she would ultimately uh, get jail time for this. We, we charged, the U.S. charged another uh, Russian man uh, with a similar charge in 2013. And my memory is he ended up serving about a year and then getting deported to Russia. Mm. Rosalind Helderman of the Washington Post is online. She's part of a team that's reporting on this story this morning. I love this note from your story that she told a conservative radio show in 2015 that she grew up in the woods of Siberia where her father taught her and her sister to hunt bears and wolves. And wolves yeah. riding bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, again, this life story she had, I think, was very appealing well, to sure. leadership of groups like the NRA. Well, like you combine that Alaska. sort of rugged, Ted Nugent-esque <laughs> lifestyle Alaska, with Alaska, well, yeah. that she's such a firebrand and so gutsy as a young woman that she's willing to take on Putin and advocate for gun rights. I mean, that is such Red Sparrow, straight out of spy novel, beautiful uh, cover stuff, and then she threw in the "oh, and I'll get with you if you cooperate," uh, when which, she was which very... I'm told is tough to resist for some fellows. <laughs> yeah, and and she was very. Uh, we're told that she uh, was very aggressive about you know wanting to follow up on social media. She would want she would want to exchange business cards. She would want to you know connect on Facebook, connect on Twitter, and of course, as soon as you went to all those places, if you were you know Joe Schmo, who she met at the NRA, you would see all these photos of her posing with. Uh, weaponry posing uh, sometimes provocatively, uh, and so perhaps uh, some of those folks might have found that appealing. Hey, was she self like a bass? Was she self supporting as part of her cover, or was she actually getting money to pay like rent and food and all her stuff from Russia? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, we we don't yet know the answer to that. Uh, she she told us. Uh, you know, more than a year ago that she received no funding from the Russian government. She was very, um, she was very uh, 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 strong in, in that uh, she had this position as an assistant to this man, Alexander Torshin, uh, but she insisted that that was not a paid role and she got no money. Uh, it does seem as though she has some financial relationship with the Republican operative I mentioned, Paul Erickson, with whom she was in a relationship. But whether she was also getting money from Russia, uh, that has not that, that's not been alleged to this point by, uh, by the government. Rosalind Helderman of the Washington Post. Rosalind, it's always great when uh, we get a chance to talk. You're the best. Thanks a million. Thank you so much. Take care. Good to talk to you. I mean, that'd be something if she found a way to, because it's hard enough to support yourself, period, in the world. Sure. If she found a way to support herself and her espionage, but I'll bet she was getting money somehow, somewhere. Oh, no, 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 no. She had an unpaid uh, position with a Russian oligarch. She was his, uh, you know, assistant, translator, etc. Didn't think to ask him for any money for that. God dang it, if they could have ever gotten her in a room with Trump being attractive, I mean, that's, a, that's definitely a weak spot for him. Mm. I mean, you, you, you try to get his attention in a room full of people as, a, as me, good luck. But if she's in the room, he's going to notice you're there. Might have grabbed her by the magazine, huh? And uh, I'm looking at a picture of her toting a rifle. And, you know... Then she'd have actually had contact with the president if they could have ever gotten her in the same room with him. That's an odd choice for an outfit to go shooting. Huh. 
Colbert called her the spy who magged me. <laughs> That's a nice try. Oh, she also, you know, it's worth mentioning, she also was trying to infiltrate leftist groups, lefty groups. Um, she, at one point, called a civil rights group and said that as a poli-sci student at American University, she was doing a paper on the cyber vulnerabilities of activist groups, and she wanted to talk to them about that. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Wow, what a cool a job. on the nose there, I mean, darling. You know, I don't like people working against the United States, but what a cool job. I mean, that'd be that you could get out of you could get out of bed every morning and do that job. She's about to do hard time, Jack. For maybe a year. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Guy called 911. White guy called 911 on a black guy during a pickup basketball game because he got got knocked down to the floor by a hard pick at L.A. Fitness. Okay. All right. Does Does this always happen to this often? But But what is happening? (laughs) I don't know. I tell you what, you give me 10 minutes, I'll come up with 10 different descriptions of what happened that will lead you to 10 different conclusions about what should have happened, what did. You got to depend on the, the mainstream media's desire to whip up this narrative. I don't doubt for a second that this sort of thing happens sometimes, but now it's a craze. Here is a, a white man who called the police because a black man was on his lawn, having just stabbed his wife in the throat. But can you believe it? The, on the lawn? It's just, I don't believe them. You can't call Again, f- I believe it happens, but I don't believe this. It's a craze now. Now you can't call fouls and pick up basketball games. That's, that's, that's kind of a rookie move anyways, calling a foul. <laughs> but if you're not calling an ambulance, you're not calling a foul. That's right. No blood, no foul. I just, I'm feeling kind of bad because I wish the Russians would send a hot agent at me. I guess I got nothing to offer them. Look, I love the motherland, but this is going too far. <laughs> Joe Getty. Oh, no, I can't. I mustn't. Please, Vladimir, please don't make me. <laughs> oh, boy. It's funny. Oh, uh, you know, the, uh, the Irish bookies are taking bets on impeachment. Oh, come on now. And the, uh, the odds, the impeachment odds hit a record. Uh, low or high, depending on how you look at it, says an Irish bookmaker. After the whole, uh, the whole Russian thing, right? Yeah, but let's face it; they just capitalizing on the publicity to get some more bets. Can I parlay that with the existence of the tape? Is there? Can I get the a PG you... tape? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I feel like I can get pretty good odds on that. Sure. <laughs> sure. Get a trifecta on your theory that. The greatest Red Sparrow agent is... Oh, Melania, yeah. This, this, this Russian agent was coming over to study at the foot of the master, the right. one who has ascended better than all other Red Sparrows, Melania. Right. If you can get that trifecta, you're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> Good luck. So the, um, the changing face of America, Joe. Do you want to hear about the changing face of America? Oh, I was going to hit you with this. 
Um, uh, Kavanaugh has the least support of any Supreme Court pick I think that they've ever done a Gallup poll on. Going back to Bork, and he's less popular than Bork, and that's when they started asking the question, Mm. do you support the president's pick? Uh, 41% support, 37% don't support, and that's the most upside down anybody's ever been since Galbraith has been asking. I think it's just be the partisan times. Right? Yeah, it's the nature of the times. Were yeah. people yeah. against Bork because that's a ridiculous name? Yeah, and his beard. Okay. <laughs> just nobody could stomach the idea of a guy with that beard. It's anti-Quakerism. 76% of Republicans <laughs> back the federal judge. Two-thirds of Democrats are against him. That's not because of any particular belief he has. That's just the whole... Um. It's just where we are. Sure, or it's unavoidable. I mean, I would probably not want Hillary's pick. That doesn't mean he's a bad judge or a bad person. It means he sees the world different. Or she, they let girls be judges now too, Joe. Um, he just sees the world differently than me, and we disagree. So I guess I'd say I don't support him, but uh, who cares? Nobody expects me to. It doesn't matter. She won the election. She got to appoint him, or her, theoretically. Yeah, I know there are already several. Um, Sidewalk Susie is the Harvard researcher who called 911 for a black girl that was outside of her house. And uh, That's not the bottled water gal. No, this is a different one. Okay. That was pain in the ass Patty or somebody. <laughs> Permit Patty. Permit Patty. <laughs> also yes. pain in the ass. Well, the judges yeah. will accept either. Racial Renee. <laughs> this is Sidewalk Susie after a viral cringeworthy video caught the woman trying to order a mom and her biracial child to get away from her home and then asking if they live in affordable housing. I, I, don't, I, don't, oh, know. I don't know what's going on there, but again, that's a thing right now. Either either the occurrence of it's a thing or the reporting of things that fit into that are a thing. I'm not sure which is the thing. Right. But there's a thing somewhere. Also, uh, how much time have we got, Michael? A minute. I can just tease this anyway. I don't think we'll do it today, but it's an interesting statistic. By around 2040, which is not that far off, 22 years, uh, 70% of Americans will live in 15 states if current moving trends continue, meaning that the other 30% of the states, or the other 30% of the population, would choose 70 senators. Because we get two senators per state, no matter the population. We all oh, know that, wow. right? Oh, wow, yeah, I see whether what you're, you're Whether you're the state of California or Rhode Island, you get two senators. But so, uh, you know, you, and you could you could have no people in Kansas and all the people in California, they'd still both get two senators. I mean, right. if you want to use an extreme example. Well, we're getting to an extreme example, really. You'd have 30% of the population with 70 senators, senators and the 70% of the population living in 15 states with those other 30 senators. Crazy. Is that you have to redo the Constitution if that happens, or what happens? That's a question for 400 level poli sci class. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump's summit clarification not really flying with everybody. San Francisco's mayor talking feces and a <laughs> listicle of ideal ages for financial milestones. Okay, let's uh, let's talk feces with the mayor. Stay tuned. It's the it's really one of the issues of our time. Feces this on should the- be excrement. Excellent. We're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Current governor of New York gets caught in an embarrassing uh, 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 trick. 
he's trying to run against uh, what the, the the least attractive one from Sex in the City, Cynthia Nixon. Oh, Nixon, yeah. Wow. The Cuomo. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets caught in an embarrassing trick. Oh my. Stay tuned for that. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, trying to clear the air, President Trump is saying he misspoke during that Monday press conference with Russian President Putin. At the White House on Tuesday, Trump insisting when he said he has no reason to believe that Russia would be involved in meddling in the presidential election, he really did mean to say the opposite. I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't. Or why it wouldn't be Russia. Now, Democrat leader hmm. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is one of those who's doubting the president's sincerity. The president read a scripted clarification yesterday like he was in a hostage situation. <laughs> All he had to do was look at his face. Yeah, I've heard it described <laughs> as a hostage tape in more than one place. By conservatives and uh, the yeah. people standing up for the president and not. Yeah. Just in that he was forced to do it. Tucker Carlson on Fox, he felt like the um, uh, the media politic politics um, elite that get together are trying to push us toward conflict with Russia, and Trump's not going along with that, and they forced him into apologizing. That's the way he looks at it. He's he's in the Rand Paul camp, right? That no, us not going to war with Russia is the number one goal here. Now, in an entirely different matter. It's Fecal Matter with Marshall. It's a sick enough. NBC Bay Area sat down and talked to San Francisco's Mayor London Breed. It was her first one-on-one interview since taking office. She said that homeless advocacy groups that get funding from the city really need to better educate the homeless to clean up after themselves. You're a native of San Francisco. Is this the worst you've seen it? I will say um, that there is more. there's more feces on the sidewalks than I've ever seen, you know, growing up here. That was something that did not, wasn't the norm. That you've uh, ever seen. That I've ever seen, for sure. And that is a huge problem. And we're not just talking about from, from dogs. We're talking about from humans. Yeah, we know. No, there, that's the whole point. And, and listen, when she was a kid, there was hardly any dung at all. People weren't pooing on the streets. I mean, it's not like it's a 10% rise over the last 40 years. And so it's gone from something that just would be unimaginable to it's everywhere. Right. How and many? 16,000 poo complaints yeah. in uh, April or whatever that figure was? And what was that about the need to educate the homeless? Well, Mayor Breed was again... Oh, you po- don't want me to crap on the street. Oh, okay. I completely misunderstood. Yeah. And Mayor Breed again pointing out she went to the advocacy groups and told them... I work hard to make sure that your programs are funded for the purposes of trying to get these individuals help. And what I am asking you to do is work with your clients and ask them to at least have respect for the community. Yeah. At least clean up after themselves and show respect to one another and people in the neighborhood. That To me, that's always been the biggest divide between conservatives and liberals, and that liberals believe everybody is going to do the right thing given the opportunity. They just or if we that, just communicate yeah, it to oh, them. They, they just don't know they're not supposed to crap on the street. That's what yeah. they're As soon as we tell them they're not supposed to do that, they'll stop, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Um, uh, another angle of the uh, of it, though, that yeah. and this, and this is my new doctrine. I wish it would catch on nationwide, ladies and gentlemen. The Jack tr- doctrine. We should have no conversations about the homeless situation until we nail down what percentage are crazy, what percentage are drug addict, alcoholic, what percentage just don't want to work. Until we know that, there's no point in even having a discussion. Mm. 
It's a good doctrine. On the mentally ill part, right. if, if that's a giant chunk of them, and they always say, we need to get these people help. I got a little kid who's got mental illness problems. We have a team, psychiatrists, therapists, doctors, trying all the different drugs. I'm throwing like every resource I've got at this problem, and we can't figure it out. Right. How are you going to do that with somebody over in that park screaming at a bush who doesn't want any help? You can't figure it out a lot of times if you're doing the best you can. Times 350. With practically yeah. unlimited you know, resources to throw at it. Right. So, right. I mean, come on, let's live in the real world here and not just the, we just need to get them help. Oh, come on, that's a fanciful idea that it's going to be that simple. <clears throat> on a lighter note, uh, Jim the Bum has entered the studio. Michael, can you let Jim the Bum in? Hello, Jim. Come on in. Yeah. I, uh... I was looking at the transcript of my statement from yesterday, and when I said there's no reason I shouldn't crap on the street, what I meant was there's no reason I, I should crap on the street. So uh, sorry about all the, the crapping on the street. Yeah. Oh, he clearly walked back his earlier statement. Jay the B. Thank you, Jim. Jay the B. How did he get in here? We have very lax security. Apparently. Oh, a quick <laughs> listicle, quick listicle. We got the ideal ages for financial milestones. Turns out Americans think the ideal age to retire is... A week ago. <laughs> 47, 47. <laughs> the ideal age to retire is 61. The ideal age to buy a first home is 28. Huh? <laughs> wow, that's that's that seems crazy outdated to me, but that's according to the new bankrate.com report that took okay. a look at what age people think they should be when they hit certain uh, financial milestones. According to the report, US adults think the best age to open a first credit card is 22 years old, which is also the best age they say to start saving for retirement. You know, it's the best age to retire is when you've got enough money that you don't need to work anymore and yes. you don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best age. Yeah. Prior to that, it's not a good time. And people say the ideal time to buy or lease the first car is 21. 21. Okay. That's buy interesting, man. When I was uh, young, uh, everybody I knew had a car when they were 15 or 14. Or you know, I think, I think I was 25 or 26 when Judy and I bought our first house. Of course, there were two of us. Right. So, you know, that right. helped. All right. Well, that We falls. were both working, but yeah. That, very young. Very young. That falls within and the And then run. I flipped it for profit. If you'd like to learn my method, <laughs> call. Check out my seminar. Wait That's a second. Right. That voice sounded like Jay the Bee. No, it wasn't. It sounded nothing like him. <laughs> Jay the Bee's running for That was a very seminars. different voice. The bums flipping houses. No. <laughs> well... Yeah. Supported himself. There you go. That You'd should... get more for your house if you quit crapping on the floor. <laughs> That's an inside tip. Well, That's your news. First thing, clean the floors. I'm Marshall <laughs> Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah. Jim, the house flipping bum. <laughs> Another of our beloved characters here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> I'm absolutely uh, pitching that show to Netflix. Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> ah, boy. Oh, so, uh, Andrew Cuomo is the uh, governor of New York. He's uh, running for re-election. He got caught in an embarrassing little attempt at a trick. Good. He's a putz. Among other things coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
Armstrong and Getty Show. A celebrity plastic surgeon known as Dr. Bum Bum is on the run for a botched uh, butt injection thing. You know, women who get the butt injections have a bigger, rounder bum. Yes. Anyway, this Dr. Bum Bum, who's supposed to be the best at this. He, I'm guessing not that his is legal his name. real name. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's his real name. Uh, now, he killed the patient, or they died anyway. Yikes. And uh, now he's on the run. So I don't, that, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. That whole and getting injections, well, really anywhere, but into your bottom to have a bigger, rounder bottom. Didn't one of those idiot celebrities we're supposed to pay attention to get her lips de-inflated? One of the Kardashians. I think the Kardashian, wasn't it Kylie Jenner? Is she the Kardashian now? She was uh, the highest on that list the other day of uh, celebrities and how much money they made. Oh. Remember? Because of her makeup empire. Vaguely, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, she's like number four. Wow. Anyway... Uh, the world is diseased. This guy named Andrew Cuomo, he's the governor of New York, and he's running for re-election. He's being challenged. for He's a Democrat, and he's being challenged from the left by Cynthia Nixon, who's a celebrity with no political experience. Maybe you've heard of that sort of phenomenon. She's a smart gal. Um, I'm okay. for citizen leadership, so I won't have, have her belittled here. I have no idea how smart she's or wrong about she is. everything. Um, but, but she's she's plenty bright. She was the redhead from Sex and the City. She's not plenty bright. How, well, maybe she is if you think this is bright. Her whole, we're going to uh, ease up on marijuana laws because it's reparations for black people. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> I've, as, ideology trumps intelligence all the time. Anyway, she's beaten up on Andrew Cuomo, and appropriately, for his dad was the governor, and so he comes from you know a powerful background. Oh yeah, and she's beating him up from being for being well connected and uh, politically and in big business. And most of his donors, there's like five donors that donate all the money because mm-hmm. he's because he's so well connected. Yeah, and she's a grassroots he's way cronied up. Yeah, and so she's doing the Bernie Sanders thing, right? She's uh, she's talking about how her, all her donors are small and it's little by twenty seven dollars. So Cuomo, apparently, realizing that was a weak point for him, all of a sudden he was able to go uh, say after the reporting deadline that more than half of my contribute contributors this year gave $250 or less. See, mm. I do have grassroots support. Some journalists spent the time to do a little digging because this is all pre- public record. 69 of the donations came from one person in the final days <laughs> with a total of $77, most of the donations being a dollar each. Which brought down the average a oh, lot. Oh, I see. So somebody who lives at the address of one of his field workers uh, donated $77 and 69 donations just days before the deadline to bring the average way down. What a pathetic attempt to show that you're a man of the people. Ah, yes. A man, the voice of the common man, the Democrat Party. Of it, course. Embarrassing, but, you know, whatever. It's politics. It's the way it works. Yeah. The bare minimum of effort that they even try to put forth when they attempt to pull the wool over our eyes is the most insulting. Yeah, it is. You didn't even try hardly at all. You couldn't assign that out to four staffers. You gave it to one to make it as easy as possible to find out. Pick somebody that doesn't live at a known address of a campaign worker. Don't make it $1 contributions all from the same person. Right. 
They didn't figure anybody. How about you take some of the fifty thousand dollars from the rich guys and like put five thousand dollars of it into actually giving yourself some contributions with that money that are not a dollar each by somebody who lives at that address? It's just you're not even trying. Must have thought nobody'd look into it. One need not go to the East Coast for embarrassing politics, though, Jack. Jerry Brown, the uh, allegedly syphilitic ancient governor of the state of California. I, I've only ever heard you allege that. I, broadcast reports suggest that he is in the late stages of syphilis. Um, he's actually doing something that is at once reprehensible and admirable. He is trying before he leaves office to empower his successor to reduce or alter the utterly unsustainable, hilariously bloated pension agreements that he and his predecessors have come to to bribe the public employee unions into always voting for Democrats. Um, He's, it's a kind of, uh, how much time do we have? Uh, This month, he asked the California Chief Justice to accelerate the state Supreme Court's consideration of a lawsuit that challenges a law, blah, blah, blah. So, in short, he is saying, look, the state, the counties, the towns, they're all going to be wrecked. They're all going to go bankrupt if we don't change the law that says we can't change benefits. So uh, we really kind of have to get to the uh, the bottom of this. So I don't know if the old man's afraid of facing God, because I know he's you know he's trained to be a priest. He says he loves the Lord, um, or what? But either he's finally found a conscience, or he, he knows his legacy will be garbage if he doesn't. But so he's he's trying anyway. But you know I think it's it's probably like anything else, utterly practical. I see that uh, uh, Javier Becerra, the Attorney General, is. Um, involved in this, I just think they know if if it all comes if it all goes to hell on their watch, they'll be doomed forever. So they're desperately trying to undo the evil they have done. Whether they'll be successful or not, I do not know. Any uh, uh, talk of rolling back pensions for people who are already getting them, or just looking at the future? That's what they're talking about. Yeah, that, that's what they're trying to do Woo! through the courts. There's a law that says you can't. Right. They're trying to get it overturned. Man, that's a rough one. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. The hell? All right, let's get a final thought from everybody to kind of round out the day. Michelangelo, what's your final thought today? Uh, Yeah, my favorite new character from the Armstrong Getty Show, Jim, the home flipping bum, has just got a show on HGTV after 10 p.m., so it's not for the kids (laughs) and put Granny to bed. (laughs) I noticed you, uh... You got no dead cats in this house at all. Have you considered uh, some dead cats? <laughs> it's Jim, the house flipping bomb. Marshall Phillips, your uh, final thought? Geez, I got to come up with some sort of gimmick. How about, uh, I don't know, uh, red coated copper pans? Buy my line of copper pans. You know, it'll cook, it'll faster and better, and I, yeah, I got to come up with a gimmick. Sure, I'm happy a, a side hustle yes. like Kylie Jenner. Exactly. Hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Time to update the record books. We have Elizabeth Cambridge, the six foot eight Australian center for the Dallas Wings, that's a WNBA team. She set the record for highest scoring uh, uh, output in a single game with 50. 53 points yesterday. Shout out to Breaking Records. I always like that. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought for us? So tomorrow we're going to talk about this uh, information that's come out showing that we've got one country but two radically different narratives going on. 
with an example of there is a, a town now in Florida that is 97.8% Hispanic. That's the highest in the country. Bueno. They compare it to the least, which I think is in somewhere in the south, which was 98% white. Hmm. That's how different the politics, the view, the landscape of, of America can be. Crazy. Speaking of the international community, uh, my uh, final thought is... Uh, if there are any hot gun-toting Russian horror spies listening, they're called the honeypots. You'd, like uh, you'd like to try to uh, exact some influence on me? Uh, I'm willing to at least take your call. Let's talk. I've seen a lot of pictures of her. She looks radically different depending on the picture. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's part of her whole spy yeah, it's thing. The Red Sparrow thing. He like brunette. Give me two hours. Oh, maybe that's it. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many th- people to thank. Thank you for being here. Drop us an email if somebody we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here! Get! Get! And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over! What? Bye-bye. The standard pug, a worthless bag of skin and bones. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.